0: halfway through the show here the flags crossed and unfurled as we zip by meaning that the race is half over for us on this Tuesday morning race getting just underway for the Indiana Pacers who begin the season tomorrow night against the Washington Wizards at Cambridge Fieldhouse joining us on the program for the first time on the Payless Liquors hotline he is the head coach of the Indiana Pacers and he is Rick Carlisle coach good morning to you and thanks for joining us this morning
1: Good morning. How are you guys doing?
0: Uh we are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Um I you know, I'm curious from a coaching standpoint. You've been at this a long time, both as a player and a coach. How does it feel is it like the first day of school when you're a kid, do you not really know what you're getting into? Is there an extra energy? What is the thought process or just the feeling when you embark on a new season?
1: Yeah, it's every year's a a new feeling. Um you know, with our, with our team in particular, with all the youth, it's going to feel that way for sure. Um, you know, there's a there's a level of of uncertainty with exactly what you have, you know, and exactly how it's all going to go. Um, but that's one of the beauties of professional sport. You know, I think that's the compelling aspect of it for our fans. Um, people that have followed us in preseason, I think, have seen. A team with a with an amazing amount of promise, um, you know, for the future and and developmental upside, which is uh, which is exciting. Um, admittedly, we'll be an underdog on a lot of nights, including opening night. I think if you look at point spreads and stuff like that, but these are exciting challenges. Um, we got a good guy, really good guys, top to bottom, and. Uh, just really looking forward to it you know it's um, it's going be it's going to be a, a, a long you know process of, of developing a young team with some really good veterans mixed in but uh, you know it's there there, there appears to be um, an energy and excitement about this team that there hasn't been uh, in a while in this town and that's cool.
2: Coach, you just pointed to it there, uh, Wednesday night, again, the opener with the Wizards. You are an underdog. Um, I believe you've said in the past you've taken a look at the Vegas over-under for your win total this season. I'm curious what your thoughts were when you saw a number of 23-and-a-half, I believe, pegged for uh, your basketball team.
1: Yeah, not, not shocked, you know, because of all the new guys and um, – you know the fact that the Eastern Conference is pretty stacked. You know, and if you look at the West now, with you know some guys coming back from injury and you know some moves being made, et cetera, and some of the younger teams getting a little more veteran. You know, it's going to be a beast out there too. You know, so um, but that's okay. I, that's a I, I think it's it's something you look at and okay, got to be realistic about kind of what the expectations are on the one hand. On the other hand, it's it's pretty motivating. I mean, you get, you know, on on virtually any night when you go out there, you got a chance to upset somebody, you know, and that's, that's something that uh, I get excited about.
0: You know, the franchise seems to me, Coach, a little bit like the arena that you're playing in. And by that I mean – there has been a massive renovation to gamebridge fieldhouse and it went in phases phase 1 was like the lower level and then phase 2 you know and then phase 3 the exterior etc in terms of the retool of this franchise and i don't think anybody has denied that that's what this is is a reset and retool of your roster your trajectory etc are we in phase 1 still or Are you transitioning into phase two which is we feel pretty good about the guys we have now we've got to see what combinations work or are there still pieces that need to be added for another year
1: well you know there there are pieces that need to be added i I don't think there's any doubt about that And, and in terms of whether it's phase one or phase two you know i you know i mean but there may be four or five phases to this, you know, it's hard to say exactly. Um, And, you know, I think we've all seen, um, you know, franchise resets or rebuilds happen a lot quicker than expected too. you know, so um, we'll have to see for sure, you know, but Halliburton is a great young player. Um, You know, Turner is elite defensively at what he does. Heald is elite offensively at what his specialty is, which is, you know, which is shooting the three. And he's just, you know, he's really just a knockdown shooter. And McConnell is a really unusually gifted player at what he does, which is, you know, he just, he's just unconventional. Um, But he, he brings an intensity and, you know, an energy to the game, and he just he makes things happen. And he's, you know, I, I think if you look at our training camp, if you were in here every day, you know, if you're Tyrese Halliburton, you're looking forward to getting into the season, not having to play against McConnell every day. I mean, it's it's really it's really a beast because the guy he just brings such a competitive, you know, thing to the to the practice every day. So. Um, and then our young guys, you know, um, Isaiah Jackson and Duarte have both gotten significantly better. You know, we feel, we feel Matherin has got a chance to be a special player in this league. Um, you know, Nemhard was a really good pick at 31. Kendall Brown at 48 was, was a steal. Um, and I think, you know, I think a guy like Neesmith has got a really unique opportunity here. You know, he's been sitting in Boston for two years where they've been pretty veteran you know they've been younger but their their younger guys are more veteran than him so he hasn't had a lot of chances so um, you know he played real well in that first game at Charlotte then he got dinged up a little bit in New York so you know we're trying to see if he's going to be available for Wednesday Um, and you know Jalen Smith is a guy that gets me excited and gets, I think should get our fans excited. I mean, here's a guy that had a lot of other options and chose to be in Indiana and chose to do it for probably a few less dollars than he could have gotten elsewhere. So, you know, this, this is all part of the challenge for us is, uh, you know, putting together a, a group of talented young guys that have a chance to get better and better that are excited about being here, you know? And so that's, that's, you know that's where we want to be that's kind of where we feel we are and we want to move forward from here
0: let me present a scenario for you coach rick carlisle's our guest on the payless figures hotline it's midway through the season and you've got a group of players on the floor and you like the way they're playing together they're in a close game you're midway through the third heading into the fourth quarter and you know that you probably have the guys on your bench, your starters or whatever it may be, that give you the best chance to win that game. But you have a, a group of players on the floor that you still feel like and the organization still feels like you've got to see how they handle that situation together as part of the process of moving forward to see what all you have in totality with your team. So in the short term of that game, It may cost you that particular game, but in the long term, it helps you in the vision of who you are. Hoping that that scenario makes sense that I'm presenting, which way do you go with it? Which is the priority?
1: Yeah, I mean, this kind of question is not unexpected from this show, number one. (laughs) Well, thanks. Um, (laughs) I take that as a compliment.
2: I was going to say, is that a compliment? I don't know.
1: And I and I figured you would take it as a compliment. That's okay. And that's good. That's good. Um look, I know where you're going with this. Um and you know, the the answer is whatever whatever is the right thing at that time. And you know, I I you know, I can't I can't take a question like this and give you an absolute answer, you know. I mean what's what's happened in the last five games, you know, where are we? Who's who's banged up? Who's healthy? You know, there's a lot there's a lot of things that go into that. But look I, I have said that, you know, I, I am in this to help develop this young group of guys. Um and the reset of this roster was really important because, you know, it was a roster before, I mean, there was a lot of polarizing conversation about Domas and Miles, whether these guys could play together, whether they should play together, you know, whether people believed it was a good idea, that, that it was even being attempted or not. And you know, and part of the irony of that whole thing was that those two guys together were one of our best lineups last year. I mean, it was a plus lineup and everything else. And then. You know miles got banged up and then things kind of went you know south with the season even more than than it had been going because we had, had other guys that were banged up too and this that and the other and then all of a sudden we have the opportunity to trade for Halliburton and and really reshape the team and I and I really thought Kevin and Chad and Kelly and Ted did a did a great job of you know, turning this from a team that, that didn't have much of a future to a team that, that does have a future. And now, you know, it's the job of me and the the rest of my coaching staff to, you know, to, to nurture this group along, um, to coach them hard, but with respect and consistency and, uh, try to get, you know, try to bring about daily improvement and, um, yeah, we do those kinds of things. You know, your question will be answered the way it's supposed to be answered at whatever date of the season. Jake, you didn't give me the date. You know, what was the date of that game? March,
0: March seventeenth.
1: Okay, and who are yeah. we playing?
0: Uh, Washington.
1: Washington. Okay. Yeah.
0: I haven't looked at the schedule in front of me, but but you get what I'm going. To. What I'm saying is, I think people need to understand, and you tell me if I'm off base here. But I think people need to understand if they come to games this year that there are going to be nights they're seeing like this dynamic team that you think like, wow, they've arrived right now, and then there are other nights that you're going to say, well, wait a minute, they look great two nights ago, not tonight, but it's all part of a work in process towards a longer vision of just the immediacy. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, I guess I give Indiana basketball fans more credit than you do. I think people just kind of inherently understand that to begin with. So I don't – I don't know that that question even needs to be asked, but I appreciate you asking it. But uh, I think, I think our fans are there, you know, and I I guess what I've gotten from kind of the pulse of the city and so on and so forth is that, you know, people are excited about youth. They're excited about a team that, you know, is not going to be last in dunks, you know, in mid January, like we were last year. Um, you know, when things, when we made the trade and, uh, started playing Isaiah and started playing some of our younger guys, you know, we went from last and dunks, you know, I don't know where we ended up, but we were out of last, you know, and, you know, this year, you know, with, uh, you know, with, uh, with Jalen Smith back and with, and with Isaiah and with, you know, Matherin and, um, Neesmith and, and. Duarte and, and some of these young athletes, um, you know, it's gonna be a fun team to watch and, and there'll be times when, you know, if fans are are, are only fixated on winning a, a particular game on a given night, um, they may be, they may be a bit frustrated, but um, you know, as, as the leader of this thing, you know, in terms of, you know, on the court, et cetera, you know, I, I've got a, I've got to have a, a, a good pulse on you know what's right and what's wrong on a night-to-night basis.
2: He's Rick Carlisle. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, less than 36 hours away from the Pacers getting their season underway. And Coach, Jake told me you've maybe caught a snippet or two of this show, and if you have –
0: Three minutes at a time. Okay, th- three,
2: three yep. minutes. Okay, in those 180 seconds, um, hopefully you've uh, heard my <laughs> love, uh, maybe borderline obsession for Benedict Matherin. You said something, I think it was last week that I found really interesting, that you believe Matherin's game at this level, basically he's better suited for more of the NBA game than the collegiate game. Uh, could you expand on that?
1: Yeah, I, you know, a, an athlete like him is, in most cases, you know, I mean, this is assuming that his skill level is, you know, NBA skill level and things like that. You know, the NBA game is more of a five out spread offense. You know, the defense is spread out college still has, you know, no, no zone, no, no rules, um, you know, against zone own defense. Um, and so I just think the space of the game, the pace of the game um, for an athlete like him um, is going to be something that he's going to do well with. Um, so, Yeah. And look, he's, he's been terrific. You know, on day one, he said to me, coach, I just want you to know you can coach me hard. I want to, I want to be coached hard. I, I, you know, I, I can handle the truth. I want to get better. And he's come to me on three or four occasions, uh, including that first time, usually about a month to a month and a half apart. And he, Reiterates the same thing, and uh you know if you're if you're a coach in this league and a guy with that kind of you know youth and talent, I mean it gets you even more excited.
2: Rick, I know wins and losses are not the end all be all by any means this season and playoff success. It's probably another couple of years away from being super super relevant with where you're at as a franchise. But do you feel like, and I don't know, maybe it's a ludicrous question. Do you feel like you have anything to prove? to yourself, to anybody else, um, in terms of playoff success here as you kind of reach this, I, I don't know if this is the final stop in your coaching career, but playoff success has not been there at the level for your teams over the past decade as it was earlier in your career. Do you feel like there's anything left to prove in that area?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If, you, if you're if you in this business and you don't feel like you have something to prove every day, then you should not be in this business you know, that's the way I feel about it. And uh, <clears throat> as long as I've been in it, um, I'm still very much an active learner. And the reason I hired the staff that I hired, you know, a bunch of uh, younger, really talented coaches, you know, Lloyd Pierce, Ron Nora Mike Weiner, Jenny Busick. I mean, every day our meetings are – or a think tank. I mean, we're we're talking about things that are um, the basics that you know would would be consistent, going back you know decades and you know and, and things on the cutting edge, and balancing you know f- figuring out what the right balance is between the two. But you know, you've got to. This is just my this is just my feeling. You've got to you've got to come in every day. Uh, feeling like you've got something to prove, whether you're coaching, whether you're playing, you know, whether you're part of the training staff, whatever. Um, and if you're not, you're going to get left behind.
0: Did you? Was there a particular time, Coach, when you guys kind of all sat down and said, you know what, let, let's retool this thing? Did it kind of morph over the course of time, or was there a definitive moment or, you know, game or whatever it might be, and did you have to be sold on it uh, of – the way that the the things are going now?
1: Uh, No, no, I didn't have to be sold on it. I mean, it it was in December last year at at some point. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was probably more, you know, toward the second half of the month. Um, You know, it just was, it was a struggle. It was, uh, it just wasn't working and it wasn't, you know it was a little bit about the injuries but you know it was it was a bigger there was a a bigger sort of outlook than that 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 really triggered it and it's just and then from there you know it was just a matter of okay what what is the right thing to do when will whatever the opportunity is present itself and so you know a lot of it obviously ended up being the trade with Sacramento. And then, you know, in conjunction with that, it was, I don't know if it was the same day or maybe it was a day later or something, we made the the trade to move uh, Tory Craig back to Phoenix for Jalen Smith. And then, you know, things just started, started retooling from there. But it, there was no doubt that that was um, the right path for this franchise to take.
0: How close in your inner circle is Bruce Hornsby? Because I like Bruce Hornsby a great deal, and I've always heard that you guys are, like, best friends, and then I didn't know if that's, you know, embellished a little bit in your acquaintances. You're from the same area. I know you're, like, from New York and Maine, and you played in Virginia, and he's from Virginia. Like, how tight are you? Like, how often do you talk to Bruce Hornsby?
1: Well, we stay in touch pretty frequently, and uh, he's a very close friend. Um, His son, Keith played at UNC Asheville and then transferred to LSU. Yeah, he was a good player. And then, and then, uh, when he came out of LSU, um, he was a little banged up from some of the postseason tournament stuff. And so, um, you know, I spent some time with him, you know, trying to help him get ready for whatever camp opportunities he was going to have. And it ended up, he ca- he came into camp with us in Dallas and, um, did a really good job actually won a, won a preseason game for us. And then uh, he played in the G league for a couple of years and then is, he had a very successful run in Europe. So, but I, you know, I've, Bruce actually texted me yesterday um, just with kind of a good luck this season message and which I appreciated. And, uh, but we, we stay, we stay pretty closely in touch. Um, you know, obviously we have similar musical interests. You know, he's been a, a big um, you know a big influence musically on me i mean i've you know i'm a novice piano player which some people know and whatever but uh his music is um has been a big part of of that for me and uh so yeah
0: are you are you a deadhead
1: that's kind of it oh i love the dead yeah
0: <laughs> what about fish you like fish
1: i i have listened to some fish yes and uh you know i'm I'm a i'm a i'm an admirer of of their music and what they do they're they're very very good and uh i've listened to enough of it to gain an appreciation for and, and an understanding for how what they do is is different than what the dead used to do and now dead and company is out there and uh you know i've i've been to some of their stuff and and uh you know, I knew I got to know those guys because Bill Walton was a close friend because he and I played together in Boston, and I ended up going to 20 or 25 shows um, back back in the '80s, and uh, when Jerry was still around and, and and stuff like that. And now Dead and Company, you know, with with John Mayer playing with them, I mean, they are they're phenomenal. You know, so um, they've they've kept it going.
2: Well, coach, given those musical interests, we greatly appreciate you finding time—just uh, a couple of minutes each morning—to tune in when you get a chance.
0: Three-minute increments, coach. Uh,
2: we are 22nd ranked in the mid-market rankings. Uh, we are our win our over/under and wins is pretty low. Uh, any advice for us? You think to Great try question. and rise up those rankings here as we close things out? What rankings are these well these are the mid-market rankings so yeah. you know us uh, so, you know similar to like an oklahoma city maybe or san antonio think you know kind of mid-market uh, cities around the u.s uh, we're 22nd out of 20 is it 27 or 28 28 yeah 28 yeah. shows in, in size or what, what <laughs> uh yeah say? i believe in, in in ratings effectiveness yeah <laughs> educating and entertaining uh, well, so first, we we're hoping for a little hour. advice
1: First of all, I don't know that I'd be advertising it on your own show. <laughs> that's Try one to. thing I—that's one thing I may caution you about. Um, no, I don't know. I, you know, it's—it's it's really interesting. You know, coming here and being in my second year now, and um, you know, the you know following the Colts again, um, and listening to all the all you know whatever show, whatever whichever the shows happens to be on after. Uh, uh, the Colts have had a rough game or something. Man, it's just like the world is coming to an end. And I just I just want to say that, you know, I've, I've been watching all the games. I, I'm just a really big fan of what Frank Reich is doing um, right now with this team. I, you know, I see the challenges that they have. And I tell you, that, that game two days ago was was something else. You talk about intense, and they are just – they're finding a way to do it on grit and guts. I mean, doing it without Jonathan Taylor the other day and a couple of their receivers. I mean, that was that was phenomenal. So I'm I'm following them closely, and uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Sorry, thanks.
0: Oh, I appreciate um, you tuning in. Jerry says clearly Rick is not a fan of yours. He didn't seem too thrilled with the questions. Come on, uh, come on now.
1: I love the questions. I mean, look, the questions are they're a little they're a little different, but that's good. That's good. I, I'm i all for being challenged in new ways.
0: <laughs> so are we. That's why we're trying to move yeah, out of 22nd.
2: Exactly. Coach, um, I've got 30-ish wins pegged for you this season. I know it's going to be a year of growth, and uh, looking forward to it. It's hope. It's a new era. I think it's excitement and a lot of curiosity, and it's a great thing to have for the Pacers fan base. Appreciate the time this morning, and a good luck tomorrow night.
1: Okay. Thanks, guys. Be well. Rick Carlisle, right there on the
2: Payless Liquors Hotline. We are way over. We'll talk to you in a few minutes. Yeah, Jacob, curious. um, Alec Pierce, very prompt, by the way, with his call in on this Tuesday morning, very similar to his first career touchdown, as we saw on Sunday. I'm always curious what the first touchdown in the NFL, what these guys do with the ball. Like, are they conscious of, like, oh, man, I got to keep it? And then, like, do they go home and do they. Throw it with their neighbors. Don't do they get they, like, like
0: a painted football that they yeah, they paint it for them? That is probably accurate. Put it in the case on the mantle. Um,
2: let's just ask them. Give it them. to a kid. Uh, Alec Pierce is with us right now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. First off, Alec, good morning. Secondly, do you have the touchdown ball, and where is it?
3: Uh, good morning, guys. And actually, I I'm about to go get it when I go to the facility to uh, this morning. So did,
0: have you did, have you put a place like on the mantle for it?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. I'll probably. You know, just hang on to it and at some point do something with it. But, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Uh,
2: I want to go back to that third down play from Sunday. Um, mm. When did you realize that th- that ball was, you know, coming your way? And what did Matt, Ryan, if anything, what did he say to you uh, in the huddle or before that play?
3: Um, you know, when I heard the play call, I kind of realized um, – Probably when 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 I saw press coverage, I, I knew it, the ball was going to come to me. Um, and you know, he told me in the in the huddle just to go get it, make a play. And then
2: wasn't there a moment where you looked over at Reggie Wayne and he kind of gave you a pre snap reminder?
3: Yeah, like I, I I looked over to him. I think before we got in the huddle or or whatnot, he was he was giving me a little uh, signal, letting me know, like you know, be patient and work my release because I had. I had a, a play earlier in the day in the day where I had a, a deep ball and I didn't really, you know, work much at least. Just tried to run by the guy. And um, so he was just telling me to be patient and you know, I'll work, work it.
0: I'm going to ask you, Alec, the dumbest question. I mean, you're a rookie. You may play 15 years in the NFL. 15 years from now, you're going to go, this guy asked me this question once. It's the dumbest question of my entire career, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, how much of, in, in any particular play, how much of that play is you strictly having to run the route and go about your business as it's designed for you versus being aware of where your defender is and having to make adjustments based on the defense or does the latter part not even enter your mind?
3: Um, we have some routes that, that change based on how the defense is playing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, that definitely does enter my mind. Um, it's pretty pretty simple stuff. You know, it's usually just reading like what type of what type of uh, defense they're playing, like like cover two a lot of times my routes convert. Um, but that happened to be a play where my route converted to a go ball if they were pressed. So
2: he's rookie Alec Pierce. He's with us on the Payless Liquors hotline fresh off that game when he touched down on Sunday afternoon. Alec, how have you seen Matt Ryan's belief change in you over the first month and a half of the season?
3: Yeah, I think you know he. I'm just continuing to um, build confidence, or he's continuing to be um, more confident than me. Um, you know, I just try to do it every day in practice, go out there and make plays, um, go out there run the run the right routes, um, don't mess up many plays, you know, and, and get to the right depths and, and be there if, like right where he wants us to be.
2: Were you worried at all? Obviously, the concussion is out of your control, week one, but you did have a drop in the end zone. Were you worried at all? Oh man, you know that was a great opportunity to make a strong early impression with my QB, and I just blew yeah. that chance, and now I'm not out there week two. Were you worried at all about like, oh geez, it's going to take me a while to regain that trust?
1: Um, I don't,
3: I don't think I was necessarily worried. You know, I, week two was tough for me because I really wanted to um, be cleared to play because I just wanted to get out there and you know continue to prove myself, prove to the team you know, prove the fans, everybody that I can, that I can play on this level. So I know that was, that was tough for me week two, that I, that I was set out. Um, Cause I really like that after week one, after how I played, like the, the thing I wanted to do the most was get out there to week two. Like it couldn't go by quick enough that week to get out there and play and prove myself. Alec, I'm going to
0: ask for you to simplify something for me. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, mm. but I assume a lot of our listeners probably are the same. And I don't mean that to degrade them at all. I'm saying when you say they were running like a press and so therefore it was a go route for me. Yes. Uh in non football terms for those of us that, that aren't wide receivers in the NFL, that means exactly what?
3: So that means uh, press is when the defenders like up tight on you on the line, press press man coverage, they're just they're just playing you uh in man coverage and they're they're playing you right on the line of scrimmage. Um and you know, my route would change from it was it was a shorter route and you know that's that's tougher when the guy's right up there in your face. You know the the best way to beat a guy, I think, when they're they're pressed tight like that, you can just run by them, go deep. So um, it changed to a, a, just a deep ball.
0: Do you feel that your strength is more so getting that separation immediately on the line when a guy is up close on you, or if he is still close on you as the ball is coming, having the body control and strength to bring it in?
3: Um, I'd say probably the latter. I mean, I do. I I think the biggest thing at this level, the quarterbacks are so good, and then also the defensive backs are really good players too. So you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily like kill the, kill the guy at the line of scrimmage all the time. Like he's gonna be there. You just gotta get a, a good release where you you can hold the line and save space for the quarterback to throw you a, a good ball. And then and then they do that because they're unbelievable players.
0: You personally, Alec Pierce, you played defense. You know, obviously in high school. I think even in college maybe you took some some snaps playing as a defender. Mm. But how much does that benefit you now because you know kind of the mind of a defender? Do you ever, when you're lined up, put yourself and revert yourself back to when you play defense to think through what your opponent is doing and then, of course, anticipate what's coming?
3: Um, I don't think I consciously do. I mean, a lot of it – has just come from playing a lot of years of receiver. You 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 understand the looks, um, and you understand. Oh, like this guy, this guy might be playing the outside leverage. Like, what does that mean? He doesn't want me to go outside. So if I threaten his outside, like he's gonna he's gonna react to that, and he might make a move. So on the release, you're gonna try to uh, threaten his leverage and, and go and uh, use that to your advantage, and 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 make him get off his spot and and make a move. So
2: just got word the stream is back up and running so thank you to alec pierce for accomplishing yeah. that little does he know that he's helping us out technology wise today alec pierce is with us here on the payless Slickers hotline alec before if i'm not mistaken reggie wayne came down to cincinnati and worked you out pre-draft there was part of the colts contingent that came down there um were you familiar or did you have like memories of reggie wayne as, as an nfl player
3: yeah for sure um watched them growing up a, a good amount, you know. I grew up in I grew up in Chicago, so definitely remember watching the the, the Super Bowl of um I forget what year it was, but when they when they beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. Um were you a Bears you know, fan? I wasn't a Bears fan actually, but I was actually a Packers fan, so it's kinda of like forbidden in uh in Chicago. But my dad my dad was from grew up and was from uh Wisconsin, so he got me on that early.
2: Gotcha. Well, glad you made out of Chicago alive with that (laughs) fandom. Um, What has Reggie taught you the most in this rookie season?
3: Um, Definitely a lot about, you know, just like beating the DB, like you, like I said, with their uh, technique, uh, how they're playing, their leverage, all that attacking that and using that to your your advantage to get open.
0: Alec Pierce is our guest. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Um, Alec at what point if it has happened i'm assuming it has because things from the outside seem to be all kind of coming together for you right now was there a particular moment where you realized that the game had just kind of slowed down and you now felt comfortable as an nfl receiver
3: um i think i think you know week 3 that was kind of my goal in my mind i don't i don't know if it just happened naturally but i i kind of told myself you know i was going to go out there week 3 and just play football and, and not be so in my head thinking about you know if I'm doing things right um, if I'm you know reading the defense right whatever so kind of just told myself to go out there relax play football I know Reggie been he's been on me about that you know since the day one at camp kind of telling me you know just go out there and, and just just play play ball he's like he, he knows I have the skills but it's just he thought like I was just you know thinking too much it was just slowing down my game. So I I really focused on that week three and told myself like right before I walked out on the field, I just go out there and play loose because that's how I think I play the best. you know.
2: Alec, I am am a very unapologetic, diehard Notre Dame fan. So my venom towards you uh, was probably there, I'll fully admit, last fall. I also am an Indiana University grad, so I guess I could go with that with what you did to both of those football programs last fall. Did you find it ironic at all? that you were drafted by the Colts after what you did to Notre Dame and Indiana. And those were probably uh, big reasons why Chris Ballard uh, fell in love with you.
3: Yeah, it, it is pretty ironic. Um, I definitely, you know, I thought it was a good thing. Cause I, I figured, you know, there's a lot of people here, a lot of fans here that, that may have no know, known who I was because of those games. So it probably helped, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of times people might be thinking, oh, like who's this receiver out of Cincinnati, like smaller school. Um, didn't have like crazy stats in college or whatever, but at least at least a lot of people I think got chances to watch me play because most most of those people who are fans of the, um, you know the Hoosiers or Notre Dame they they'd be Colts fans so I think a lot of people had experience watching me from one of those games.
2: They've gone from cussing at him, Jake, to cheering. For that's him right now. That's right. Yeah, it's quite the 180. Alec, who's the best athlete in your family?
3: Mm. that's. That's a tough question I,
2: and I guess if you don't mind, can you fill us in a little bit on your parents' athletic background and your brothers
3: yeah um so my my mom and dad both played sports at northwestern my my dad played football there my mom played volleyball there um and then my brothers are both they're both six six so they they got the height definitely um they are they're both basketball players my older brother uh just signed overseas uh he's playing in montenegro. And then my younger brother, it's, it just got out to Princeton for his freshman year. He's, he's starting on basketball season here soon.
2: Well, we know who the smartest one is, I guess. Well, two Northwestern <laughs> grads. I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah. that's a debate.
0: Yeah. Alec, finally, take me through what, you know, as a rookie player in the NFL – just take me through what a week is like for you. Like, when you're not at the complex, what sort of things do you have to do to get yourself both, I guess, mentally and physically prepared? How is that different, if at all, from college? Just take me through how life has been for you.
3: Life's been good, but, yeah, it's definitely um, a bit more of a job. You know, we're, we're, we're there pretty much all day on the on the days we have practice. So like, it'll be you know, get in at whatever, 8 and leave at 5.30. Um which is a little bit different than college because, you know, college you're kind of doing the same thing, but half the day was classes, you know. So it's the same kind of busyness. But instead of studying whatever class I had, I'm, I'm studying a lot more football. So – and then um, on my off days like today, I usually – I go in and hit the jugs, which is a – you guys know what jugs are, right? The, yeah. yeah.
0: It's a big
2: catering company here in Indy, but yeah, it's also (laughs) right. They
0: they have unbelievable apple butter biscuits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. That's the football throwing machine, right?
3: I I couldn't figure out how to describe it, but yeah, (laughs) footballs at you. And then go do, you know, whatever, whatever rehab I'm feeling, maybe get a massage there. And, um, and then I I study film, you know, especially early in the week, try to get familiar uh, with the team you're playing. It'll be a little bit, A little bit different this week and last week because we've already played the team, so don't necessarily have to study as much. You already know kind of what they're going to do and, and like, the players, the personnel. So, um, yeah, but definitely just when I'm home, watch a little bit of film at night, review what practice, review the plays, just make sure I'm on top of myself.
2: Alec, last one. Um, Do you have a favorite uh, place or restaurant in Indianapolis or the surrounding area?
3: Mm, Not... Not yet. Not that I can think of. I'm open for some recommendations. I I live downtown, so if you guys got any any recommendations,
2: Jake will offer up. I I believe it's the um, at Raskeller. It's the mustard. Oh man, the hot mustard at the
0: Raskeller, buddy. Let me tell you something. Between that and the Saint Elmo shrimp cocktail sauce, if you got a sinus issue, hit up either. You're good to go.
3: I had the, I did have the the St. Elmo's uh, shrimp cocktail. It was great. I love, I love horseradish. It was, it was delicious. Well, right then up. you got
0: to get the mustard at the Raskeller.
3: Okay. I'm That's telling
2: you right it. now. I, Thank I would, I would encourage the bye week some mac and cheese from the Eagle, and probably do a couple servings of that, but save it for the bye week. Maybe, maybe for the off season. Yeah. Okay. Alec Pierce game winning touchdown. On Sunday, his rookie season, off to a wonderful start. Alec, congrats. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll be watching certainly on Sunday. Thank you, guys. Alec Pierce right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Prompt,
0: 928, Jake, he was dialing us up. Listen. On his off day. Right where he needs to be, exactly like he was on Sunday, right? No wonder, Matt Ryan, trusts
2: him. he got our stream back up and working. The more he can do. Alec Pierce delivering for us. The stream is up. I'm very excited about that. Sam, the podcast should be up, correct? Good to go by about 11? Yeah, by about 11, I'll have it. Rick Carlisle, a little bit of Jeff Saturday action, and of course, if you miss any of that Alec Pierce interview. Uh, one final time, and we'll close out with pop quiz for Kevin Hart tickets. Again, that's coming up this Sunday over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. If you get online for the pop quiz, you get two tickets to see Kevin Hart. 317-239-1070. Pop quiz is next.